Welcome, friends. I'm Rev. Tim Earhart, and this is Daily Bible Reflections for January 11, 2024. Today's New Testament lesson is from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 to 11. The need to defend a ministry. By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold toward you when away. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be toward some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ, and we will be ready <clears throat> to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. You are judging by appearances. If anyone is confident that they belong to Christ, they should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as they do. So even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority the Lord gave us for building you up, rather than tearing you down, I will not be ashamed of it. I do not want to seem to be trying to frighten you with my letters, for some say, his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he is unimpressive, and his speaking amounts to nothing. Such people should realize that what we are in our letters when we are absent, we will be in our actions when we are present. New International Version I don't know about you, but I'm not a fan of feeling like I have to defend my ministry, my philosophy of how to go about things, my hermeneutics, my words, my actions, my clothes, my food and pretty much everything about me. Believe it or not, I've been criticized for things like not having shiny enough shoes and having too nice of shoes, the make and model of the car I drive and don't drive, being too serious and not being serious enough. So for me, I detect in the Apostle Paul's retort to the Corinthian church an exasperation Reading between the lines, I can hear him saying something like, like, I can't believe I'm even talking about this stuff because you guys are about as spiritually aware as a bowling ball, and bowling balls haven't even been invented yet. Heck, I don't even know what a bowling ball is. That's about how much you know what you're talking about. Sheesh. Yet, despite Paul's annoyance and displeasure with the Corinthians' line of thinking, the Apostle still made up his mind to craft a response that was as humble and gentle as he could possibly come up with. The church's first criticism toward Paul is that he is from a distance, but are close and personal, rather weak and unimpressive as an Apostle. I am willing to be uh, to bet that every church pastor in the U.S. is more able to know what this feels like 
putting themselves in the apostles' shoes. It's an age-old criticism. It's a criticism that every preacher faces at various points, or at least with some sermons or writings. People just don't appreciate or like what they're hearing or reading. It often comes out in the ubiquitous phrase, I'm just not getting spiritually fed. Wrapped up in that phrase is not only the criticism of oratorical skills, but also that they don't like something about the preacher's physical appearance, particular idiosyncrasies, or interactions with other people. The second criticism of Paul by the Corinthians is that he acts too much according to human standards. In other words, the apostle is just too worldly for them. If you happen to know anything about the ancient Corinthian church, you're either doing a major eye roll right now, or you're just plain busting a gut in laughter. There's no more worldly church in the New Testament than the Corinthian church. To have them bringing this point up to Paul is both laughable and downright sad. But again, every preacher nowadays knows the criticism all too well. For example, many pastors aren't paid well with the convoluted reasoning that they shouldn't be tempted toward worldliness, even though the parishioners themselves have no problem owning large homes, multiple cars, and high-paying jobs. The Corinthians were likely also concerned about Paul's egoism, that he's too much into worldly power and philosophies. Again, it's laughable stuff, considering the source. Yet again, these sorts of criticisms are rife with many churches, and the critics themselves tend to be ones who are enamored with wanting power and control for themselves, wanting to ensure that no one, including an upstart pastor, never treads upon their mastering of a very small world. Paul responds to this by stating that he is, of course, a human being. However, he wields a different kind of power. Employing military metaphors, the apostle describes the weapons that he uses as capable of destroying spiritual strongholds of arguments and obstacles of pride against the knowledge of God, the very sorts of strongholds that were present among the Corinthians. What's more, Paul takes captive every thought and makes it obedient to Christ and not to a self-serving agenda of worldly control and power. And he will use those weapons, if necessary, if the Corinthians keep up their petty criticisms and worldly behavior. The bottom line of it all is that Christ made Paul an apostle, and nobody in the Corinthian church was made one. Paul's authority was given, not taken, and he will use it to build up and not tear down. In other words, the apostle Paul was committed to fulfilling his apostolic commission by establishing churches, building up those churches in the strength of faith, and protecting them from misguided and wrong-headed ways of operating. All I have to say about this is that I am very glad that the church belongs to Christ, because that's the only way we can still be talking about the church still existing all these centuries later. God works despite all the human foibles and nonsense. Even though I talk like this, as does Paul, 
there are still good Christian believers and good Christian churches in this world. Not every parishioner lacks self-awareness, is short-sighted, and has a plank in their eye. Nor are all pastors just in it for attention and some sort of worldly gain. I'm still living and breathing, ministering and mentoring, after decades of Christian labor, because of many good people who treated me well, spent good time with me, as well as those who received my teaching and my love, put it into practice, and have produced a harvest of righteousness beyond what I could imagine. It would be good for all of us to experience supportive community, spiritual maturity, and wise ministry to others. We can go through any process, no matter what it is, with the humility and meekness of Christ, then no matter what the end is, we have brought some peace and goodness into this old fallen world of ours. And there is no shame in that. Almighty and eternal God, every good and perfect gift comes from you. Send down upon our pastors and parishioners alike a healthy spirit of grace and goodness, so that we all together may truly please you in all we say and do, and continually pour out your divine blessing upon us all. We ask this for the honor of your Son, our Advocate and Friend, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.